I didn't realize he was in that much of a dark place. And in my darkest times of us being together, I didn't tell him I was in my darkest place. And I think about how many couples do that, where they maybe put on a good face, they say they're fine, they try to put on, you know, the happy, brave face for the sake of the relationship, or maybe one of you is struggling, so you want to show up happy, but you're still struggling yourself. How many of us convince ourselves that we're fine? I hope people hear that. I mean, I can feel my heart pounding as you're saying that. What was, you're a, you're a partner of this person. Like I'm going to ask this question representing partners all around the world who may be with somebody who's, you know, in a dark place, has this incredible potential. You see it, but they're not seeing it or they're not able to embody it. What was happening in your mind? How did you give him patience and then also let him know when the time was there? In hindsight, realizing how deep he got and how many signs I may have missed, how many things he wasn't just coming out and saying it. And then vice versa, when I was in that situation, I wasn't telling him. And don't even ask ourselves the question of, are you happy? Is there a change you need to make? And so if we don't even ask ourselves that, how do we expect our partners to know? And so everything that I've heard about his dark days are all because he's spoken about them in front of the camera to try and empower others. And then the same for me, but what about those people that don't have our careers, right? Or have a YouTube show or things like that. How do they um, start to listen to their partners? I think it all comes to having the agreement that you're going to look inside yourself first and then start that communication. But if you're not saying it, if you're not saying you're unhappy, if you're not even acknowledging it within yourself, how can your partner be there for you and support you? So to me, and the one thing we always do in our relationship is we look inside first. If there's a problem with us or we're clashing over something, the very first thing we do is we go, oh, is this my fault? Or maybe even, this, if this was my fault, how could I show up differently? And that then changes the dynamic between us where I come in. And so real world example, we were clashing a few months ago. And I started to realize it's because I was getting very sensitive after he was saying certain things. And so I originally was just like, I can't believe you're just being mean. And like, you know me, we've been together for this long and you're saying something you know is actually mean. And then I would go away and I was like, okay, if this is my fault, how could it be my fault? And I'm like, oh, he's triggering me. I've recognized he's triggering me, but it's my trigger. So first of all, I have to own that I'm being triggered. I have to identify what that trigger is. And then it is my responsibility to tell my partner what that trigger is and how he's activating it. Now, even further than that, I won't just stop there and go, so please don't say that. No, no, no. Again, we're all, we have prioritized growth and growth together. So I recognize this trigger doesn't serve me. It's like what he said many times, right? Does this serve you? Yes or no? So I recognize this trigger doesn't serve me. So what I did is I said to him, I recognize I'm being triggered. I recognize it doesn't serve me. So I'm going to be working through it. For the time being, please give me the grace to not use this word, say this, do this. And then as we go along, I'll let you know, like I'm working through it. And then we can kind of work through it together but it all stems with me having to say that it all stems with me looking inside myself figuring it out myself and then communicating with that with your partner so many of us want the other person to guess well they know me I can't believe he doesn't realize I'm in a bad mood you know and it's it's always this like you have to read your partner's mind or guess where they're going through or what they're going through and just having been together for 22 years we realized that didn't serve us and so do, doing the inner work first 
agreeing to that as a couple and then giving your partner space to communicate with you how they're feeling, what they're going through, um, and then coming up with solutions together. But I just, I just think it's very difficult to, for a partner to have the weight of, if you see your partner's going through something, what do you do? It's like, it actually has to start with the person that's going through it. I feel like that's like a masterclass for couples that you don't need to hear it right now. Lisa, what do you hope your legacy is? Ooh. So Tom and I really spoke about this when we were deciding on kids. So I, when we got married, I was a very traditional Greek Orthodox woman. I wanted four children. Then having been thrust into a startup company called Quest Nutrition, I decided I really love business and I really wanted to go down that path. Um, and then when I started to think about kids, I was like, why, why did I want kids in the first place? Like I just started to give myself space because I didn't even question it. It was like, I just was told I was going to have kids. So when I started to ask my, myself the question, the very first thing that came out was, oh, it's because of my legacy. And then I was like, but what does that even mean? Like we throw it out as a word, but have we identified like what legacy may mean to me? Because I think it can mean something different to each person. And so as we were sitting, I was like, well, I want kids for a legacy. What does that actually mean? It means, okay, when I'm dead, how am I going to be remembered? Someone will remember me. And I was like, okay, well, yes, if I have kids, my kids will remember me. But is that what I want legacy to mean to me? And what I realized was like, no, we've actually dedicated our lives to global impact, to helping as many kids out there as we possibly can. And so I started to realize, oh, legacy wasn't having kids like actually having kids, legacy to me was creating impact that when you're gone, someone will, um, has, you have touched their lives. And to be able to meet a woman that maybe has read my book, Radical Confidence, or has said that they've seen a piece of my content and I've taken them from believing that they were maybe worthless or had no value or they didn't believe in themselves and something they heard me say, shifted their mindset enough that they believed in themselves after that. And they still have to do the work and things like that, but being able to make that shift um, is such an incredible gift, I think, like gift for me that I'm able to see other people shift their lives. It's amazing. And so again, I can wake up every day thinking of that 14 year old girl that maybe is teased or bullied and thinks that she's no good. And yet something that I do makes her believe in herself. That just makes my heart sing. Um, and then eventually, I think, um, ideally it's for someone to say they have radical confidence, but they don't realize it even came from me. That I've impacted culture and the way we think about ourselves and the way we think about confidence so much that radical confidence has now become a blueprint for all, I wanna say women, but of course for everybody, to the point where they don't even realize it stemmed from me because it's such ingrained in how they think. Yeah, I can, I can feel the fire from the two of you. Radical confidence has come up, mindsets come up, age of imprints come up. I mean, all of these things that are driving you, I can feel it. My final question to you, for Tom and Lisa Bilio, what's next? Oh, you know I have my answer on lock, so. I mean, there's so many things that are what's next. The thing that I'm the most excited about, so we've, we've, we've been on the, so the side, um, creating a lot of storytelling for young kids. 
and I've really been um, leading the female uh, story that's called Wish Academy and it's women of impact superheroes and it's a gossip girl meets Harry Potter so each year is a school year for girls in the superhero world um, where I've kind of basically written the character as if it was me with you know, um, her superpower is empathy, but everyone thinks it's a really lame superpower because you can't fly and it's not the speed of lightning or anything like that. So everyone ignores her superpower and what you realize is, it's actually the thing that ultimately everybody wants. So getting out a story that is really directed for those young kids is so exciting to me.